Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hi, film fans. Welcome along to this week's episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode as we dive into the world of film and music and explore and celebrate its beautiful relationship. Thank you so much on all your comments on a couple of the past previous episodes. We've had a, as you'd expect, tremendous amount of response from Taika's episode, um, which we really love. But also last week's episode, which was one part, Felix White and Barney Douglas talking about their fantastic film, Mac and Roe. And the second part, of course, was Carrie Cracknell talking about her adaptation of Jane Austen's Persuasion. Really lovely to get your feedback on it and please feel free to get in touch with us, whatever you want to talk about. The best way of doing that is our email address, which is info at edithbowman.com. In fact, I have a couple of lovely correspondents for you right now. The first of those uh, comes from a gentleman who has some recommendations. Liam Martin. Thank you for your email. Liam in Brighton. Huge, huge, huge fan of the podcast. Thanks, Liam. Just dropping a quick request for dream interviewees. Two of those, in fact. We'd love to hear chats with Cristobal Tapia de Villa, Chilean-Canadian composer who did the utterly bonkers score for Channel 4's Utopia, as well as The White Lotus, Humans, Black Mirror, National Treasure and more. And Segan Akinola, British-Nigerian composer who scored Doctor Who the past few years, taking the reins after Murray Gold's 13-year run in 2018. His final episode is this autumn, so perfect time for a chat with him. I definitely will. I'm going to get onto that right now, Liam, to chat to Cristobal and Segan. So please uh, stay with us as we try and make that happen for you. Um, thank you so much as well to Brent Billings, who just sent us a really lovely email um, about the podcast. He says, thank you so much for the work you put into the podcast. Um, he goes into really lovely things, which I no need to re- you know replay to you guys right now. But what he does say, is the depth of knowledge in the world of music brings an extra layer of enjoyment to my film experiences. Thanks again. Thank you, Brent, for getting in touch. If you do want to get in touch then, info at edithbowman.com is the email address. Now, what I've loved that we've been able to do um, every now and again in certain episodes of Soundtracking is where we speak to both the director of the film and their composer, which is exactly what we have in store for you today. Charlotte Colbert and friend of the show, Clint Mansell, have combined to great effect on She Will, Charlotte's unsettling little gem of a movie in which an ageing film star heads to a retreat in the Scottish countryside and encounters mysterious forces emerging from the land that allow her to explore things from her past. Clint's score captures the tone of this film perfectly because what I think is one of the many brilliant things about this film is it doesn't comfortably fit in one genre. We'll begin with his opening cue from She Will. This is Evocation. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for doing this, both of you. It's so great. Thank Thanks you so much. Sorry I'm late. Hey, it's all right. It's worth waiting for, mate. Always <laughs> worth waiting for. <laughs> Congratulations on this film. I loved it. I thought it's, I think it's extraordinary. I think there's so many. I won't lie, Charlotte. I was in the pub with Clint the other night and I was waxing lyrical about it with him. So congratulations. It's so good. And um, Clint, before we get on to talking about music, Charlotte, do you mind talking about the kind of the essence of the story and, and you know, writing it with Kitty and, and where the kind of story came from? Because there's, there's so much in it. There's so many kind of touches on lots of different things, I think, which uh, every time I think about it, there's something else kind of throws up for me. Thank you so much. Um, it's amazing when, um, you know, that it resonates with you and when it resonates with someone like when we first reached out to Clint, it was I was like, it's a miracle. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically Kitty had this amazing um, sort of strange uh, story and our, uh, one of our execs, Ed Clark, said, you two are mad enough to get on. Let's put you in a room together and try and figure, th- figure this out. And yeah, it sort of developed. Um, she, she had the sort of idea of this revenge story and then we really brought in a lot of the the nature and the power of the land and, and that kind of idea of the, the sort of psychological DNA that we carry within us, um, the kind of muscle memory of, of trauma and, and the way that trauma blurs, I guess, time and space and and um, yeah, sort of developed it like that, the, the sort of narrative, very sort of collaboratively. Did you write it with any specific actors in mind? Because when you watch it and you see Alice um, in particular, you can't imagine it being anyone else. Yeah, Alice was sort of like a, a, a godsend. She's, she's sort of completely, she, she's a magical person. Like if you meet her, she's, really carries that sort of um, connection to something cosmic. Like she sort of walks into a room and, and she, she's, she's got that incredible sort of presence. And I think she just really got it, you know, and it's, um, it's been funny with the, the, this project and this film because um, well, I guess it's the same for anything, but, but it has really attracted sort of kindred spirits. Like I feel everyone's who's sort of been in front or behind the camera has sort of had that thing of um, not quite trusting reality or probing things just beyond and like pushing the boundaries a little bit or kind of, you know, these beliefs of dreams and sort of this uncertainty of, of, um, of where our reality lies, which mm. I guess has been sort of exacerbated by everything that's been going on for the last two, three years. But yeah, so Alice is completely amazing. And actually in between takes at night, she'd be sort of doing these amazing energetic dances and choreographies in 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 the forest to conjure like that kind of oh wow. um, you know sort of potency that she sort of carries within herself and Kota's amazing as well one of the things that I was really thinking about that's something that's kind of stuck with me was that kind of this sort of the expiry of trauma you know in terms of it doesn't really expire you know yeah. in terms of that idea that all right, it might have happened X number of years. Something might have happened to you X number of years ago, but just how it almost kind of still lives in you in some way, shape or form. And I think the way that you've approached that whole subject matter in the film is, is incredible and very, very powerful. It's so, um, I'm so glad to say that because I find like with trauma, often people say, why do they come out now after so long or whatever? And you sort of think it takes 
so long to be strong enough to confront something that it, it's always interesting how, how could someone you know deal with it straight away is, is it would require like, like so much maturity and distance from the actual event that happened but it's true it's that idea of of sort of how all ourselves like the childhood you and the childhood Clint and the child me are all like hanging out in this space together at the same time of, as our old selves and there's something quite interesting about her um, yeah they all carry each other yeah definitely and also I think what's so clever and brilliant both in terms of I, I guess part of that's down to the script but the score comes into that and also just how you shot it is that you kind of almost experiencing things and learning the story as it's happening so it's not kind of it's so beautifully kind of unveiling itself the story as we go through it because it's quite hard to describe the film I don't I don't think it does it justice by any shape or form by saying it's a horror film because it's not at all I don't think it's kind of you're not sure what it is to start with and I love that and that's so refreshing to kind of start watching something and you have no idea what it is and you're you're there you're hooked you can't wait to kind of get on the journey and see what happens that's really really um kind of you and also like I think Clint was amazing because he brought basically really developed like the the score is really like a character mm-hmm. and a voice of like people past meeting the present. So he sort of managed to bridge all the different elements and create this kind of sort of cosmic goo that keeps it all, <laughs> <laughs> all together. King of cosmic goo. You need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so I love that. Um, what did you... Both for you, both of you, actually. I mean, Clint, when you first spoke to Charlotte about the project, what was it that you felt about it, saw about it, that you that you wanted to to get involved? And Charlotte, both for you as well, what kind of question around? Did you know how, what you wanted from your score? Did you, you know, where were you going from it, Clint? Do you want to do you want to pick up on yours first? The first thing that you know was that I, I was really blown away by by the film. You know, I, I watched it like three times in a row back to back when I first got it you know um the film was in quite an advanced state then you know um it was very watchable you know there was a a strong temp score on it your favorite (laughs) but yeah I mean it it was it was I mean it was a bit intimidating actually because everything worked you know you kind of then got to tear it down to sort of really find it you know there's such a lot of a lot of films made, a lot of a lot of content is out there these days. And and I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate that I, I get to work regularly. So, you know, I get asked to do a lot of stuff and you're kind of always hoping and waiting for things that just sort of come and surprise you, you know, that that come out of left field. And you know, and this this film was just something very different, just from yes, the story is sort of different, but just from the the female lead, an older woman lead, is so rare these days, and yeah. that was very appealing to me. Just, just, just because it's different, you know. I mean, obviously, add to that that it was a great story and a great film, but all these sort of elements were what excited me about it, and and also as well, you know, there was an opportunity to really, I felt, do something different, find something different. The film could could take it. I loved, I loved the. The feeling of the land, you know, um, the feeling of the past, uh, the revenge story, you know, the retribution and the, the strength that comes from um, these characters coming together. You know, uh, Alice is uh, 
character, you know, is understandably hardened and bitter at the start of the film. And uh, it, it, she sort of, she grows with the experience that she's growing, going through with, with, the, um, with the land, you know, and all that stuff. It just seemed very rich um, for what you could do musically, you know. I mean, I, I tend to not get too excited about, you know, I mean, I don't do action films, for instance, you know, they do, because, you know, they, they kind of, they kind of do what they got to do musically and that's that's fine you know you know i i'm down the cinema in the 4dx seat watching spider-man you know and it's all <laughs> you know it's great but that that to me isn't sort of a, a, an opportunity to write the sort of music i like to write you know and this film was you know just dripping with that really of this chance to become part of the well part of the dna of the film and the story and just really weave in there you know and Charlotte's had um, some very specific thoughts on the score, you know, particularly the vocal mm-hmm. um, the, and a, a choral element, you know, which I took a bit of time getting getting to. But, you know, it was just all these ideas she had were basically just providing this rich palette from musically that I could sort of bounce off, you know. beautiful marriage as well some elements within the film that combine the you know the the audio as well as the music sort of thing like the the sound of the train so something sort of really sort of thriller about sound of a train I think it kind of it's almost a an instant sort of I don't know it's got its own sort of soundtrack in a way kind of the train and then that cue at the window with the rain and that combination of the strings and the voices it's just like it's oh it's so well, it's, it's the the cinematography as well. The look is so, you know, you know, it's it, oh, well, cinematic, I suppose, is what you would call it. But but from a musical point of view, there was a lot to marry together, you know, and and also as well, you know, it's not it's not sort of telling you this and telling you that. It, it's, it's sort of ephemeral in some ways. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's feelings as well as as well as story, you know, and that just gives you this extra dimension to sort of lean into with the music. Mm-hmm. 
that's really interesting because even before we know anything uh you've got the kind of music and sound that starts which has got which you, which is such a delicate thing to kind of to start with because you don't want it like you say to kind of go so this is what's going to happen or yeah. this is what it is you know it's such a that's such a delicate thing isn't it particularly right at the start when we haven't really seen anything it's it's set in the mood or is it and it's, it's yeah yeah it's, it's just you sort of want to set the mood but you don't want to tip your hand either you know <laughs> yeah. without sort of you know stating too obviously what this is you know and and there are elements of horror to it, but it, but in, in a way of like, you know, like, I mean, horror movies have become different things in this day and age. They, you know, they're, they're either gory or slasher with loud 200 decibel hits that make you jump, jump scares and stuff like that, which are all good, you know, but this is, I, I suppose, more psychological, you know, yeah. and um, that to me, again, is something that isn't sort of specific genre. It's got to be done like this, mm. you know, and it, it's, it allows you to, you know, really get in there and find and find your own expression, you know, and uh, for past trauma, if you like, or the things that that sort of unsettle yourself, you know. And yeah. and with that, that I I can sort of I can I can dig in then with the music because I sort of I feel that my response and and my feelings on it are are, are an important part of it. You know, it's not just like oh well, at this point it needs to be saying such and such. You know, it's actually becomes about how I'm responding to it, you know, and there's, there's, a, there's room for that in, in films like this, you know, and that's, that's what attracts me. Did you, were you uh, from the Clint scene? There was a quite a sort of specific temp score on there. Did you? Did that mean that you knew what you wanted? You were quite clear. And or, and did Clint coming in? Did he shift that at all? You know, in terms of kind of going, was it? Did it surprise you? Mm, I think like the 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 temp score is really useful for you know rhythm and and mm. and and for the editing of the of the of the film. But in terms of I think what we were trying to find was always kind of the soul of the film and the, and and that was always to completely to be discovered you know like it, um the, the 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 character of it like the personality of it like voicing stuff that we can't see voicing trees and voicing wind and voicing earth and and voicing people who were burnt at the stake but who's you know the only thing that's left these ashes 
And so it was interesting what you said also about like that, this the hint of something at the beginning. And I guess like visually and musically, it kind of works as a fairy tale a bit in terms mm. of coming back to similar imagery or similar sounds, but each time they sort of mean something different. And it was so amazing seeing Clint, like when he was recording the vocals as well, like working on the performance of the, of the singers, you know, to see um, and the vocalist to, to work, for example, there's a, a, a younger voice that sort of is the voice of young Alice in a way and seeing like how wow. she gains in confidence throughout the performance, you know, so the performance of her at the beginning is very fragile. And then as she sort of, re- as her voice of her child herself, like reclaims itself, you know, her voice is more confident. Wow. And, and so, and it's so, um, yeah, it was so beautiful seeing that and seeing that, that kind of de- development, I guess, of that character. The, the, and it's cool because it's obviously the story of someone also reclaiming their voice. And so quite literally, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool that she's got like a whole gang of girls behind her. <laughs> a lovely story in terms of you know it going it going like you were just saying there Clint about you being able to put kind of yourself into what you're writing but also you know your amazing collaborators and what's being created have have got a relevance to the story that's amazing really in a way the beautiful thing about it is that you know I, I, I know I've said this before but the best collaborations are you know ones where you sort of end up know where you would have expected you know and you certainly couldn't have got there on your own you know and that's because you you start off with these you know rudimentary ideas and elements and 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 as you work on them they start having a life of their own and then ideas come through again okay well the voice for Nika when she when we have the flashbacks is going to be a solo voice say and fragile and whatever and and this as you can see Alice uh, slash Nika's like she says growing and regaining Mm. her voice all this power and the power of the of of the witches from the ashes all joining her, you know. It's it just goes, okay, that that's really helping us develop the arc of the story and the arc of the music, you know. And it's they're just little things that grow just by by working on it, you know, and you've got mm-hmm. the ideas and suddenly they're I'm not saying they write themselves, they don't, but they push you, you know, going, okay, this is what we need now, you know. This is what you've given us and, th- and in response we want this back from you, you know. Those are the things that are, you know, really make this job great. You know, I love it when that happens.
it was a lot of fun to work on, to be honest. I mean, um, seeing um, this sort of retribution and, and, and scoring it was, was a lot of fun. And, you know, bearing in mind we were doing it through lockdown as well, you know, so we, we were never in the same room, you know, so it was a, a lot of... A lot of zooms like this, you know, and, uh, back and forth of trying to, you know, trying to find, uh, trying to find the, the the music and 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 the feel, you know. And it was, uh, I guess, because we started off. I mean, we'd been in lockdown for a while when, when I first got the film, but they were in the darker days, you know. And weirdly, by the time we finished the film, things had become. We'd kind of grown as a society to some degree, you know, because things were getting better by the time we were sort of actually recording the film. So it was, um, I don't know, it's it, it had some earthly parallels, I guess. It's so great. I, and, and, and the, I mean, I, I mentioned kind of the, the cast, you mentioned Alice, but, but all the cast as well. And even the location, I, I wanted to ask, you know, I'm not trying to be kind of ambassador for Visit Scotland, but, you know, kind of, but, 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 but why Scotland? Was there a... Was there a specific reason based on your research and stuff? Because obviously Scotland's got that kind of amazing history with kind of, you know, the witchcraft, particularly really around my neck of the woods and the East Coast. Um, amazing stories about kind of these incredible women who were, you know, unfortunately burned at the stake and stuff, but all that kind of thing. The story was always set in Scotland and I love Scotland so much. I think it's like so magical. Like it is just the, the landscape itself is completely like one of those storybooks you know of like old-fashioned fairy tales and the mist the weather the culture is so strong the sort of identity is so strong and the smell of Edinburgh for example is so incredible that amazing you know a wood burning wintry amazing smell when we shot in um uh sort of the cabin scenes and stuff was up uh, next to Abbey Moor and the cane horns and stuff which is so beautiful it's insane like the skies seriously are bigger than anywhere else I think I don't know how it's possible <laughs> not but it's like nuts these enormous skies and uh yeah and this this incredibly dense earth and apparently there's like a push at the moment to to push for peat um reusing peat in Scotland and stuff and there was some apparently there's an effect or something that happens when the air condenses around peat, you get these sort of white shadows of smoke that come out and they're called the white ladies. And I always thought there's something so incredible about like, because obviously peat is obviously fossil, like actually it's thousands of years old, like it's, all life, yeah. isn't it insane? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, so the depth of it is inc- is crazy. And um, yeah, and it was also the the last location where um, there were these these two women, Helen and Janet, who were the last... Um, Helen was the last woman executed mm. um, for witchcraft and she was from just around the corner and so there's that crazy history that's as you say that was there it's always mad how many like proportionally there was such a high rate of women execute or people it wasn't only women but mostly it was women executed for witchcraft and mm. obviously there's those great girls the witches of Scotland who are campaigning up in Scotland they're yeah. great it's great. it's really great that the stories are being brought into contemporary stories you know those kind of old folklore stories have been brought into contemporary ways of I guess drawing attention to them in a way as well and And it feels so relevant don't they now it feels quite terrifyingly yeah relevant Mm. yeah yeah um before we finish as well I want to uh, mention the beautiful um Echo and the Bunnymen cover 
at, at the end as well, which is just like, oh, whoa, kind of just like, I, I, I had a moment actually. I was just like, yeah, it was so, so great. Great choice. What was the kind of thought process behind that? They're, they're a, a group called Nouvelle Vague. They're really kind of amazing. I met them actually after, because they came and did a, a concert in London and I was like, we used your song. I've got to go meet you. Just <laughs> went over to meet them. And they they um, basically set up this band with Camille and um, uh, with these amazing girls. And they um, were doing covers of songs. And it was so funny because they're now quite, you know, established. And I asked them, God, how do you do that? How do you get the rights to do covers of songs? And they're like, you don't, you just sing them. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's incredible. So anyway, <laughs> so, so they're really, um, yeah, they're really amazing. I, th- I thought that cover was amazing. And we actually used it a lot during the shoot um, as, as one of the songs, that oh, wow. one and the, the song in the pub as well, Virgin. Um, so it felt perfect and we were lucky to use it. And thoughts and, and and sweets and stuff. What did the performances influence that? Would you say you know both Alice, but also you know we haven't mentioned Malcolm McDowell. You know in terms of even though he's not on screen loads, his uh, his actions and his presence are very much felt. Yeah, um, undoubtedly. You know because and, and the same with the editing as well. They dictate the sort of the pacing and the tone. You know, it's those feelings and experiences that I'm sort of joining in with really you know so inevitably you know because you're watching the film and you're you're getting the feel of the film from from them you know so finding or feeling their performances and finding a way to weave in with them is um is key really yeah mm. yeah amazing well listen I, I um I can't wait to kind of just get people you know encourage people to go and see it. I really want to go and see it in a in a really big cinema as well, with a really big, brilliant sound system as well. It's, Me too. It's, it's the oh. only way to listen to Clint's music properly as well. So yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's beautiful as well. I mean, it just looks like. I mean, it, it's. I know that you've got such a great. You know, your career, Charlotte, is 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 creative. You know, it's whether that's photography and sculpt and all sorts of different things, and you can just see your kind of your eye and how beautiful visually the film looks as well it's like every shot's almost kind of like the most kind of beautiful piece of photography it's just yeah it's it's stunning it really really is rich and glorious yeah i haven't seen it on the big screen yet i'm looking forward to it yeah you should (laughs) (laughs) and listen thank you so much for your time it really is proper treat to get to chat to you about it and 
yeah, I hope this is a you know a relationship that continues as well because it's it's this collaboration's just been mint. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> <Same> <laughs> thing. Thank you for Thanks, having us. Charlotte. Thanks, Thank Charlotte. Thank you so, Bye, so much. From the score to She Will, that's in vocation, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the wonderful Charlotte Colbert and Clint Mansell. My huge thanks to Charlotte and Clint for taking the time to join me. You can find screenings of She Will in select cinemas. Go see it. It needs to be seen and heard on the big screen, but it will also be available to watch on home entertainment formats. Now, it's not the first time, of course, that Clint has been on the podcast and also not the first time he's been on the podcast with a director. We've had him luckily join us with Mr. Duncan Jones and Mr. Ben Wheatley. So head to edithbowman.com if you'd like to hear those previous conversations. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And do send us an email, as I said, at info at edithbowman.com. Now, very excited because uh, coming up in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about Mr. Malcolm's List, Bullet Train as well. But next week, something slightly different. A gentleman who's a director, he's worked in film and TV and music videos, and his new project is a unique being. I was lucky enough to go along and watch ABBA Voyage, this phenomenal live experience of ABBA at the ABBA Arena at the weekend, and I'm very excited to share my chat with director Bailey Walsh with you next week. So, talking all things ABBA Voyage with Bailey Walsh on next week's show. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Mm-hmm.